Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Last week I allowed uh, Brother Rob to... Didn't you enjoy Brother Rob last week? Wasn't that awesome? Uh, I started, though, the week before on the basics. The basics of... I don't really like to say the basics of Christianity because Christianity, the word Christianity has been so twisted. You know, we've lost some good words. Amen? I mean, you know, you used to could have a gay affair. <laughs> but you can't have one anymore. <laughs> there was, I saw a movie the other day with Fred Astaire and it's called The Gay Affair. I thought, I don't know if I'd watch this or not, you know. But <laughs> there wasn't much of singing and dancing, you know. And, uh, you know, all kind of other, we lost the word thong. We used to wear thongs here on the island. Now you start talking about your thong, people will start going, really? <laughs> Amen? But I don't like people beating up on our, on, our, on, our, on our redemptive words like Christians or Christianity, which means Christ-like. But you know, there are some very fundamental things that people, I think many times people sit in the pews of churches for years and years and don't understand the very basics of what it means to serve God. And don't, many of them, because of the denomination in which, they, in which they adhere to, they don't even know about the new birth. Did you know there are churches meeting today? Actually, probably the majority of churches that are meeting on Galveston Island this morning don't even understand the new birth or understand why anybody should be, quote, born again. And when they hear the word born again, they don't, they don't equate that to something Jesus said. They equate it to something some newsman said back in the 80s, talking about, quote, born again Christians. Can, can, became kind of a derogatory term in Ireland when we were doing so much ministry over there. And, and people very sarcastically would say, oh, you're not one of those born again Christians, are you? We go, yes, we are. And over there at that time, there was a great, there was actually a war going on on whether you were Catholic or Protestant. The Irish press actually came and interviewed me in Galway in 1989 and asked me, are you a Protestant? Are you a Catholic? I said, I'm neither one. They said, you can't be neither one. I said, yes, I can. They said, are you a Protestant or a Catholic? I said, I'm neither one. I'm a believer. They said, that makes you a Protestant. I said, no, it doesn't. I can show you all kinds of Protestant religions and denominations that do not believe anything like I believe. I believe the Bible. I'm a new creature in Christ. And you know, I took that conversation over and where that woman was really armed trying to do something bad to me, she ended up writing a very nice article about me. Oh, that's pretty cool. Spirit of God took that thing over. But you've got to understand that from the very basics, from the very beginning, wh why do I even need to be saved? What, what does saved mean? What is the new birth? Now, we studied last time I ministered, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before, that Jesus is the one that said you must be born again. Now, he was ministering or speaking with a religious leader. Somebody schooled in the Torah, somebody schooled in the Pentateuch that understood the old covenant, but he didn't understand what was coming. He didn't understand that Jesus was there to establish a new covenant based on better promises. And he told Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, now listen, buddy, unless you are born again, you can't even understand the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God is that which God rules with on the earth. All that God rules with on the earth, he rules in and through us, through his principles, through his word, through his dictates, through the gifts of the spirit, through the power of the name of Jesus, the power of the word of God. I mean, Paul wrote to us and said that our faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The wisdom of men is the one that has taken the power of God out of the church. 
That's why God goes around and raises up people like me who, who from my background shouldn't ever be doing anything like this. But now I've got 30, almost 38 years of longevity in doing this because it's God. A lot of people have come to the church and said, I just wanted to come see you up there preaching because I knew that was a miracle. <laughs> well, that's fine with me. Amen. Anything that gets you here, keep you here. But you've got to understand, when you got born again, the most radical thing that could ever happen to you happened. Now, we know according to Hebrews chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, that we are what? Spirit, soul, and body. We are made up of three different components. Just like God manifests himself in three different entities. God the Father, God the Son, or God the Word, and God the Holy Ghost. When he made us in his likeness and image, he made us three parts. We are a, we, 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 we are a soul. That's our emotions, our mind, and our will. We have a body we live in. This is our earth suit. Amen. I know some of us need a good ironing, but that's all right. <laughs> But it is, it is the spirit. That's what you really are. You are a spirit being. And here's the reason that God deals with you in the spirit realm. Because see, there's all kinds of identity connected to your flesh. Did you know that? There's all kinds of identity. You're a woman or you're a man. Uh, you're, 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 you're Hispanic, you're Asian, uh, you're African American, you're this or that. All of that's really irrelevant in the scheme of what the Word of God says and what is relevant to the spirit realm. You say, why? Because your spirit man on the inside, the real you, is not black, is not white, is not Asian, is not Hispanic. The real you is not male nor female. The real you is a spirit being made in the likeness and image of God. And it is your flesh that gave you that identity of male or female, black or white. Asian or Hispanic. That's what gave you that identity. But then God came into you through the new birth and made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now the greatest identifying factor of who you are is your spiritual identification. You're born again. You're born again. You've got the very same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead abiding and dwelling in you. Amen. I used I had a, I had a meal with with Pastor John Osteen three three or four maybe five times, but one time it was just he and I and another man. He had his Bible. He just come from Bible school. I was a Bible school student at the time, and I had gone and picked up this speaker that was going to be speaking at Lakewood Church. So he just brought me to lunch and along with this guy, and, and he had his Bible and he was showing me his Bible. Had all his jokes in the in the front of the Bible. He's telling all these these are all my jokes right here. He says, "When I die," he said, "Now my family's going to get all my jokes. They think they're going to get all my notes. They're going to get all my jokes." Then he starts, Brother Osteen had this way of starting a conversation and immediately going into a message, start preaching to you. And I mean, he'd, pull, he'd push his chair back. He'd, he'd get up on the table. And he looked at me, and he's looking at me, and these fires coming out of his eyes. He said, Rusty, if you take the stuff I've just taught you in the last nine months, I'm telling you, if you really believe it, you could get up from here and turn the world in the opposite direction, and the sun would come up in the east and set in the west. And he looked across and stared at me. He says, I believe that, do you? I said, yes, sir. I believe it. Amen. There's something about the Spirit of God coming into the spirit of unregenerate human beings that when it hits that spirit man and that spirit man is regenerated and remade in the likeness and image of its Savior, there's something in that that ought to really energize you and fill you full of faith. Amen. Now, here in Ezekiel, let me read this. 
This is before Jesus ever died, before he rose from the dead. This is what we call one of the, one of the major prophets. You know, you've got major prophets, minor prophets. Not that they're any more important in information. It's just the amount of information they provided. Amen. Minor prophets, uh, less information, major prophets, more information. Now here in Ezekiel, it says this. Did I tell you verse 36? Verse 25. Then... 36. 36 verse, what did I say, 25? Yeah, 25. Then I will sprinkle clean water up on you, and you shall be clean. Everybody say clean. From all your filthiness, from all your filthiness, and from all of your idols. And I will cleanse you from all your idols. Will I cleanse you? And a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away a stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Amen? And I will put, now notice this, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Now let me just say this. God is speaking here before it ever happened of the new birth. Did you get that? Do you agree this is speaking of the new birth? This is speaking of being born again. God's going to take that stony heart of flesh out of you. Now what does he mean by that? Notice here he's differentiating between spirit and heart. So he's saying in your mind, in your emotions, and the way you choose to do things, I'm going to take that stony thing out of you. I'm going to put a new spirit in you. And that's going to cause you to walk in my statutes Let's just say it like this, for sake of, sake of uh, you know, Upper Texas Coast, Galveston 2022. He says, I'm going to make it easy for you to obey my word. Amen. It wasn't easy for Israel. People say, well, why did Israel always get a, in, into sin? It was easy. It was hard for them to walk in the statutes of God because in the statutes of God that they walked in was tied to those statutes, judgment. You say, what do you mean by that? You did them. You're blessed. You don't do them. You're cursed. And that judgment many times came upon Israel to the point that it almost destroyed Israel. Many times it was down to just one person. And God would raise up one person and they would sustain that momentum of the movement of the nation of Israel so that Jesus could make it to the earth. But the promise of God, even to Israel and to all of humanity, Jesus said it himself, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. I like what uh, T.L. Osborne used to say. If God so loved the world, then the whole world's lovable. Amen? That means we just got to go out and we got to go out and love them with the love of God. Now, with that in mind, go to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 5. I'm going to read a quick scripture, then we're going to go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 5. Let me find it here. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Now, this is a redemptive scripture I wanted to reach in and kind of pull out to help us with these basics. It says, wherefore, verse 12, Romans chapter 5, wherefore as by one man sin. Now, that, that's, that's speaking of the nature of sin. Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned or all have that nature. Amen. Now, at this point, we always make this distinction clear because I've heard other people. I, I don't know why people 
think that when you, when you study the Word and teach or preach the Word, you, you lose your compassion. You ever seen people preach the Bible mad, mean, upset like they're mad? I, you know, I thought, what are you mad at, you know? He said, I'm not mad at the devil. Well, get over that. The devil's defeated. Ain't no reason to be mad at him. Amen? But not, notice one man. I'm going to say one man. One man's sin and the sin nature entered into all of humanity. Brought with it all its evil cousins. Addiction, depression, sickness and disease, poverty and life brought it all in there. It all came with it. Amen? One man. Everybody say one man. We're first by one man, sin entered into the world, death by sin, so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. How can you arrest somebody for something that there's no law for? I guess they can do it now. You know, they can do anything they want to now. <laughs> we're, living in, we're living in strange days. Amen. It says, uh, for unto the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Now, now what he's saying here is this. He says, now listen, there was a time in between Adam's fall and Moses when the law came in which man lived on the earth. But during that time, there were no laws to say you broke this law, you broke that law, or you broke this law. Doesn't matter. People still went to hell because of their nature. They had that sin nature. Amen. Now notice the next verse. It kind of bears that out. It says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. It's saying this. They didn't do what Adam did. They didn't eat of that tree. They didn't do any of that. But because of the law of Genesis, everybody remember the law of Genesis? Every seed reproduces after its own kind. The man and the woman were the seed for humanity. Amen? Seed for humanity. When they fell, that seed was planted in the earth. A fallen race now lives on the earth. Do you understand that? A fallen, because of one man. But thank God, because one man caused it all to happen, that gave God the right to use one man to redeem us. Amen. Amen. So you've got to understand that men and women don't die and go to hell for being bad or good. They die and go to hell for being dead or alive. And when you got born again, it didn't stop you from being bad. It stopped you from being dead. Amen. Amen. You say, well, I, I, I still have trouble, Pat. My mind and, and, and addictions that I've got, I've got a, Well, that's why we're here to teach you and to help you. Now you're born again. Now that motivation to do all of that is gone. Let me tell you, the party ain't the same. I said, the party ain't the same, man. You go back, you go back like the Bible says, like a, like a dog to his vomit, back to an old lifestyle, you'll find out the thrill is gone. The thrill of the drugs, the thrill of the thrill of the alcohol, the thrill of the illicit lifestyle, uh, the immoral, whatever. It's not there for you anymore. You say, well, you don't have that motivation in you anymore. And every time you do something that is wrong, there's something on the inside of you screaming, that's not right, don't do that, that's not right, don't do that, that's not. And you've got to develop that voice to get loud enough in your, in your life to take you over. To where you don't have to live unholy any longer. Amen? Now... Go to Romans chapter 10. This is a, what they call the end of the Roman road, which is basically our entrance into salvation. Look at verse, uh, Romans chapter 10. I'll go all the way up to uh, verse 6. Romans 10, 6. But the righteousness, everybody say righteousness. 
That's right. We know that's right standing with God. But the righteousness, now notice this. But the righteousness, which is of faith. Now notice this very carefully. Speaketh. Everybody say speaketh. Now we've taught, church. We've taught on confession. We've taught on your words. And we've done our best. Listen, we've done our best to stay balanced and not get into the ditch somewhere and try to make some goofy doctrine out of it. Where, oh man, if you say something, you know, oh, don't say that. Somebody says good grief. Don't say that. There's no grief that's good, all that. You don't have to get goofy. Amen. But I'm going to tell you the most powerful part of who you are is your words. And if you can learn to say the right thing, you can radically change your life. And if you say the same thing that the Word of God says about you, if you become a speaker of the Word, your life's fixing to change. You say, well, I'm believing God to change my life. So what He has done for all of those that are believing God to change their life, He has given you everything you need in the book to do it. Once you've been, bra- once you've been made brand new, now it's time to change. When you got born again, you did not change it. I've heard people say, oh, pastor, I changed. No, no, no. You were made brand new. You're a new creature in Christ. It says in Romans, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that even as Christ was raised from the dead, we also, what? Walk in newness of life. You got a brand new life. I said, you got a brand new life. Now, it may not show up in your mind or in your flesh immediately, but you got a brand new life. The very source of life in you. Listen, if I could reach into your body and grab hold of your spirit and yank it out, your body just fall over dead. Amen? As, a, as faith without works is dead, so the, spirit without the, uh, the body without the spirit is dead. Jesus says that in James chapter 2. Now notice this. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep, that's the word, the abyss, or Hades, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. What saith this? Now notice this again, another reference to your words. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. So you see right there, the word of faith is not a movement, it's what we preach. I like one translation says this, it's the word that produces faith. Listen, church, if you're not getting word that produces faith at Island Church, get out of here and find you a church that their word produces faith. But I think if you'll hang around here long enough, you'll figure out the word here will produce faith. Amen? But now notice this is very interesting. Again, but what saith it? The word is neither. Again, a reference to the mouth. In thy mouth, in thy heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now notice. For with the heart man believeth. For with the heart man believeth. does not say with your mind you believe. Did you know you can believe in your heart and doubt in your mind? You ever done that? Sure you have. If you've ever done anything by faith and if God's ever spoken anything to you. I remember one time uh, I listened to God. He was teaching on fear and he was talking about, well, if God ever tells you anything to do and you've got fear and all this kind of stuff, you know, then that's not God. And all that. I thought to myself, well, everything, everything God's ever told me to do just about scared me to death. That's not a good term to use. Amen. But it did. God would tell me to do something. I'd go, oh, no. First thing I'd begin to think, I'm not ready. I'm not worthy. I'm not this. I'm not that. But if God says to do it, you're going to have to obey it. 
and all your excuses tied up in a nice pretty bundle with a bow on the top. All right, that's not going to change God's mind. Amen. You say why? Because he gives us in his word all the information that we need to help us walk in this power he's put on the inside. This is the process in which you get it. That if you will believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Why, God? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So in this very simple scripture, we see this. This is so profound. I don't see why we don't grasp it, grasp it even deeper. But you think about all the systems of our body and our mind. You know, you think of your cardiovascular system, your digestive system. You think of your nervous system that's in your mind and all this different stuff. And how complicated, how intricate. we got doctors here in the church that study these things. It takes years of study to figure out the cardiovascular system. I don't want somebody working on me that doesn't have years of experience and all the knowledge necessary. Amen. 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 You've got to understand that. But you've got to realize there's a greater force than just you intellectually adhering to some type of information. There's a higher force than that, and that is the Word of God that comes from God Himself that is designed to fit in your human spirit so your human spirit can say to that Word, yes and amen. And many times it begins with salvation. You say what? If you've believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth, you are saved. You say why? Because with your heart you've believed, with your mouth you've confessed, and your confession took possession of what God always intended for you to have, which was His Spirit living with you and His restoration of His human family to His heart. So right here He uncovers the first basic principle of you being saved. You say, what is that? Your heart and your mouth. Your belief system. Think of how intricate the digestive, the nervous, the cardiovascular, the, the optical system, the audio system, all of these intricate, but your, your belief system, which is the most important. You say, why? Because it can change everything about you. The most important component of your life is not intricate. It's not hard to figure out. It's made up of two things, your heart and your mouth. Your heart and uh, Colossians 2.20 says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. So here's the principle you've got to understand. Because God demands of us after the new birth that we renew our minds with the Word of God so we will not be conformed to this world. And I want you to know what's happening right now. Through the teaching of the Word of God and prayer, not through a move of the Spirit. Every once in a while we'll taste a little move of the Spirit. I'm familiar with moves of the Spirit. I've been around them for years. But right now, through the teaching of the Word of God and through the unction of the Spirit to reveal to you what God says about you, the simplicity of the redemptive process that God has given us in Christ is designed to fit right here in our hearts as revealed through the Word of God and then be released through our mouths because the releasing of it releases the power of it. So it doesn't begin by saying, well, I'm saved. And then they talked about having a dream for a house or a car. So I'm going to take that and I'm just going to start confessing I'm going to get a new Cadillac. Well, that's, you've, you've missed the whole principle. 
because the principle of believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth is designed to break the identity of your flesh and your mind and cause the identity of your spirit to become the preeminent identity. You say, what do you mean by that? To where you look at yourself and you don't say, well, I guess I'm a man. I guess I'm a white man or a Caucasian man. I guess I'm a, a, middle, a, 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 a late middle age, early senior citizen. I'm 66, might as well admit it. Everybody else calls me that, amen? <laughs> late middle age. Well, I'm just a young man. Well, I am at heart. But my body's been denying that lately, amen? But that's not my identity. I never say I'm old. I never say I'm young. I never say I'm white or black. I never say I'm male or female. I say I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things are new for me. I say he that knew no sin was made sin on my behalf. Because of that, I'm the righteousness of God. I say I'm more than a conqueror. I say that greater is he is in me than he that's in the earth. I say I can do all things through Christ who strengthened. I just take that word and feed that heart, feed that heart, feed that heart. And then that heart feeds my mouth, feeds my mouth, feeds my mouth. Then it feeds my heart, feeds my mouth, feeds my heart, feeds my mouth. Creates a spiritual dynamo that changes everything about you. That is the simplest principle of salvation. Taking the word of God, getting it in your heart, speaking it or expressing it through your mouth. Then you build that spiritual dynamo. And then when you need to depart from that, 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 what would you call it? That dimension of it and step over and do a little confrontation with your adversary. When he comes to your mind and says, well, you're no good and, and you're lousy and look how many times you failed and look how many times you've done this and done that and how disappointed God is with you and he doesn't like you and, and you, you did this and you did. See, you've got to take the accuser of the brethren and you've got to address him by what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Because you adhere to that. Oh, I am. I'm just a worm. I'm just... God would never answer my prayer. I mean, that, all that's going to do is cause you to go into a place of literally spiritual apathy in which God can't reach you because you've built a stinking bridge or you've built a wall of unbelief around your mind. I've heard people say, well, I know God heals, but He'd never heal me. Where did you get that from? Got it out of your mind is where you got it. So everybody say, I'm a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body, but in my heart, I believe and I confess. Now, that's what the scripture is telling us to do in its simplicity. So the most simplest thing that we can tell people is this. First of all, you need to get born again or you can't understand none of this. What good does it do? That's why, listen, in your witness, people don't need to know about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You say, well, they need to be born again or they're not going to understand that principle of the kingdom. They don't need to know about tithe. You got some friend of yours that's struggling financially. You tell them, well, you need to tithe. They're going to go, say what? Yeah. Well, you need to join the church, start giving away 10, 10% of your money. They say, you think you won't put me in an insane asylum? Are you crazy? They don't understand that. They need to know this. Number one, there is a God that loves you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. The most well-known scripture around the world. Do you know that's the one they carry at all the football games, basketball games, baseball games, political rally? There's always somebody with a John 3.16. Right up there in their faces. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is simple. That's not religious. And that's the greatest greatest change you'll ever have in your life by the newness of what God puts on the inside of you. So, how's my time? Oh my goodness, where does my time go? Y'all guys just eat the word up, amen? 
So real quick, real quick, let me do this real quick. Proverbs, this will be our last scripture. Proverbs, I need to get this one out, then we'll. Proverbs 18. How many have got your Bible markers? Amen. You've been reading your Bibles? Read your Bible. Everybody say, read your Bible. Now notice, Proverbs 18, verse 26. A man's belly. He's not talking about your physical belly. He's talking about your heart, your spirit man. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Pastor, I'm just not satisfied. You're not saying the right thing. You're not saying the right thing. Let me say this. The thing you're believing God for will not satisfy you. Now let me say that again. So, Pastor, I'm believing God for a house, a car. I'm talking about material things because God said he'll give you all the, the lesser things of life. When you get that, that's not going to satisfy you. You say, what do you mean by that? Now, a new house would greatly... No, no. It's the word of God in your mouth that brings that to pass. That satisfies you. That's the only thing that's going to satisfy your spirit, man. The only thing, your spirit man doesn't crave a new house. Your spirit man doesn't crave a new car or a Rolex watch. Your spirit man craves the word. The word, the word, the word. Feed me the word. Feed me the word. Speak the word. Sing the word. Praise the word. I don't know if any of you that ever come to our, our prayer meetings, if you ever notice the way I pray, I pray many times I begin just speaking the word. Speaking the word about the word. Speaking the word about our health. Speaking the word about finances. Speaking redemptive words. Praying redemptive prayers. It's all the Bible. It's all the word of God. You say why? Because there is a dimension of praying in the spirit that is the spoken word of God. People think that, that speaking or praying in the Spirit is just praying in other tongues. That's not true. Because when you're praying the Word, you're stepping over into the Spirit realm, the original location in which the Word came from. You step into that location. You speak that Word, amen, and everything in that realm has to bend their ear and listen to you and adhere to what that Word says then according to how you act in faith, that word will come out of the unseen and touch your life. That's why many times fights of faith are so intense. You say, why? Because God is desiring to manifest the fullness of his word and be the God that does exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. Amen? Amen. Now notice this. We're closing with this. Man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life... Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So if you go to James and you study what James, James basically picks up on this thought in, in, in his book. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now listen, he's saying this. You're the most powerful organ of your body is your tongue. You say, well, I thought it was my, my heart, my blood pump. Well, yeah, sure. Of course that's important. Of course your lungs are important. Of course your brain is important. But remember, God does not look at you as a singular being. He sees right through all three, all three realms. He sees you spirit, soul, and body. And he sees the only thing that you can possess that can put you in the spirit realm. You can't get in the spirit realm with your mind. You can't walk somewhere and say, well, you know, is there, can I go to Jerusalem maybe where Jesus' tomb was? Can I get in the spirit realm there? Can I go to Tulsa where Oral Roberts University is and go up in the prayer time? No, no, no. 
No, you can't, find, you can't find another entrance into the spirit realm other than your mouth. Your words put you present here and put you present in heaven. That's why the Bible says, come boldly before the throne of grace. Where do you think the throne room is? It's in heaven. And when you get on your knees and lift your hands and say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, your words are proof positive that you are now in his presence because you've said that name which opens access to the Father himself and brings you into the throne room. What's he want you in there for? He wants you in there with words because your word, by your words, you're justified or by your words, you're condemned. And the first time you gained entrance into that Holy of Holies, these words were in your mouth. Yes, Lord, I do. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that God, you, God, you raised your son Jesus from the dead. I believe he was born of a virgin. I believe he lived a sinless life. I, did, I believe he did signs, wonders, and miracles. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. I renounce everything else, and I accept you, God, through your son Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. You've done that with words. That's why people struggle with it. And there's some great thing I can... Titus says, not by works of righteousness which we perform, but according to his mercy he has saved us and washed us with the regeneration of the Holy Ghost and empowered us with his word. Listen, you know, we got all these... Uh, I believe... Now, you may think I'm crazy because a lot of times I am. But ever since I've been a little boy, I've noticed in the entertainment world, there's always an attempt of the entertainment world to manifest some type of super being. Superman. Batman. I still ain't figured out what Batman was. I don't know. Or Robin. I mean, I kind of stayed away from those guys. <laughs> but you know, now they got, what do they got now? The Spider-Man. Oh my goodness, you know. But it's always this. And I watched one the other day. I only watched about 15 minutes. It was Ant-Man. Y'all seen Ant-Man? <laughs> but it's, it's this departure from the normal and someone's got something we don't have. I truly believe that's the world system's attempt to try to explain the type of beings that will be on this earth during the millennial reign of Christ. Well, that's a superman. Look at that guy. Well, that's the, that person can just walk up to you and say, be healed and all your sickness. Go. See, we'll be operating in the full power of the Holy Ghost. Well, in the meantime, God has put that treasure in earthen vessels. You say, where is it? He's keeping it in earthen vessels. He's keeping it in you. That spirit is in you and in you and in you and in you and in you. And every one of us, that spirit is abiding and it's looking for expression. It's looking for release. It's looking for an outlet, not only to affect your life, but to affect the world around you. And it begins just like it. It begins, continues, and ends just like it started. You say, how is that? You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. That is the first principle of the new birth in which got you born again and will keep you living in the fruits of that new birth the rest of your life. You can be healed laying there on the deathbed. I mean, Dad, we, we, we talked to Pop. He was in June. He, we thought we lost him last June. I said, Dad, uh, are you ready to go? He says, yeah, I, I'm ready to go to heaven, but I ain't going sick. So he rose up out of the deathbed and lived all the way to, June, to the end of October. How'd he do that? By faith. 
He got up and went to the office every day. He believed he was healed. Oh, I heard he had this. I heard he had that. Well, you couldn't convince him of it. He thought he was healed. Thank God his thoughts were stronger than yours or he'd have died in June. Anything you need from God, you need to believe it in your heart. Confess it with your mouth. Any dream you have, it needs to be coming out of your mouth. It needs to be connected with scriptures from God. See, the Word of God has the power to convince you beyond the ability of your senses to convince you. Now, let me say that again. I'll close with that because that's a powerful statement. The Word of God has the power to convince you beyond the ability of your senses to convince you. Say, well, my body's telling me I'm awful sick, but my Bible says by His stripes I am healed. Well, how long I have to believe that? Well, until you don't have to believe it anymore. You say, well, the Word of God tells me that I'm prosperous and blessed, but I don't see that. Well, quit looking at that. Quit looking at things that are seen and get your eyes on things that are unseen. For things that are seen are temporal or subject to change, but things that are unseen are forever settled in heaven. So, want your life to change? Circumstances to change? Want your health to change, your wealth to change? Change your words. You say, why? That is the principle that God used. When one man sinned and fell, we all sinned and fell. But God used one man to redeem us. And because that one man redeemed us, all of the divine principles of how God operates. That's one of the ministries. I'm going to teach you all on that because I haven't done that yet. But I want to teach you on how Jesus came and fulfilled everything that a man or a woman should be fulfilling in the earth today because God is with them. God is with them. God is with you. I said God is with you. God is in you. God is with you. God is for you. Who can be against you? Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you. We thank you for your goodness. We glorify your name. Hallelujah. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, real quick, let me just say this. If you've never believed in your heart, if you've never confessed with your mouth, that God raised Jesus from the dead and accepted the salvation that God has provided for you in Christ, then you have not done what your life or what you have been put on this earth to do. You've not been put on the earth to be a doctor or a lawyer. You've not been put on the earth to be an astronaut or a school teacher. You've been put on the earth to make this one decision. Will I accept or will I reject What God has done for me through this man, Jesus. Now listen to me. God left us a tremendous visual testimony. You say, what do you mean? Well, we have Christmas and Easter every year. Nobody has stopped it yet. Sure, they've tried, but they hadn't stopped it. Not only that, every church building in the world testifies there is a God. There is a God. And somebody here found out there was and they built this building. Every denominational church, every church, except the cults, you know, we're not going to accept what the cults do, but the, you know, every denominational church, they all started out with a move of God. Amen? So God's given us this great visual confirmation. There is a God. Then, you know what His greatest, what His greatest was? Nature. He says, you can't observe nature. If you look at nature and say there is no God, you're a fool. That's what the Bible says. That's not my words. That's God's words. Romans chapter 1. 
says nature itself declares the glory of creation and the nature itself declares the purpose and the plan for what he creates. Isn't that powerful? All these, all these, then these churches like Island Church that'll bring you in here and tell you God loves you, God values you, God cares for you, but you got to accept Him. You've got to accept His Son, Jesus. You've got to bring Him into your heart. You've got to make a decision that this is going to be your life because without Him, there is no life. There's only death. Well, Pastor, that sounds, like, sounds hard to do. No, 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 no. All you have to do is believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. So if you're here, you've never done that, we're fixing to give you an opportunity. Or if you have been saved and you're not serving God the way you should, come back to the Lord. Get rid of that prodigal spirit. Come to yourself. Recognize there's bread in the Father's house. And listen, God will give you a second chance, a third chance. He'll give you every chance you need till you get it right. But you got to get it right. You got to get right and you got to stay right. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today, say, Pastor, that's me. Need to be right with God. Need to be saved or just need to come out of the pig pen and get right with If that's you, lift your hand right now. We're going to pray. Anyone else? Anyone? One over here? Another one? Praise God. Anyone else? Quickly, I see another hand. God bless you. Put it down after you've raised it. We see another hand. God bless you. That's two. Anyone else? Raise it where I can see it. Praise the Lord. Well, good. That's two. We're going to pray with two. Amen. Let's stand on our feet real quick. Then stay with me. We're going to sit down and receive our missions offering. But we want to stand with these people. Amen. You that raised your hand. Now, you that raised your hand, we're not asking you to come down here. We're not asking you to do anything like that. We're just asking you to pray this prayer out loud with us. And as you do it, believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. After you've done that, you've done what God's asked you to do. Then you believe it. You say, believe what, Pastor? Believe you're right with God. And then I want you to believe you're going to stay right. It ain't that hard. Actually, it's really easy compared to living for the devil when you're trying to serve God. Everybody ready to pray? Here we go. Heavenly Father, right now, openly and publicly, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord, my Savior. Thank you, Father. You sent your Son, Jesus, born of a virgin, died on the cross, rose from the dead, did it all for me. Thank you, Father. I believe it. I receive it. I am saved. Thank you, Father. Areas of my life that do not please you, that have caused me to leave the Father's house, I've come to myself. I know my Father loves me. He's beckoning me back. He's opening His arms. He's forgiven me of all my sins. He's given me a robe of righteousness. He's put His ring of choice and He's taken my feet and prepared me to proclaim His Word. Thank you, Father. As I stand in Island Church on January the 15th, 15th, 16th, 2022, I'm saved, right with God, born again. I'll never be the same. The life of God, the life of God, the life of God is in me, is in me, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now put your hands up and thank you. Thank you, Lord. Now you may be seated. Hallelujah. Now before we receive our missions offering, let me just say this. God does things this way so that you'll know they're God. Listen, if it took 
our behavior. You know, if there was a standard of all these rules, and if you do all these rules all your life, then you may or may not get into heaven based on how, these, how well you obeyed these rules. Did you know none of us would ever make it? There's just the nature of fallen man is to not do what he's supposed to do and to do what he's not supposed to do until you get born again, until you get saved. Now, as we continue in this, let me say this. I know, listen, church, I know people struggle. I know people have issues they go back to over and over and they think, why can't I break this in my life? I know that there are people in here that you think, Pastor, if you really knew me, you, you, you'd be so upset about who I... No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. All of us are growing in the things of God. And there's a compassion in that in which we, listen, we give each other grace. Amen? You say, what do you mean by that? Well, as your pastor, I give you grace. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm going to look at you the same way God looks at you. I see you're forgiven. I see you delivered. I see you set free. I see the goodness. Say, well, pastor, it's just not like that. Well, I choose to see the better things. And I choose to say the better things. That's why we need to always say good things about each other. Righteous things. Secondly, let me, this, this will really help you. If you just hear it, don't give up. Pastor, I tell you, I got this dear thing in my life and I've tried 50 times to get, and I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to it or I can't get it out. Listen, don't give up. Don't give up. You're, you're just one yes. You know, we, we got a great testimony out there. We were doing a crusade in Nicaragua and my brother Alan, they're not here today, but my brother Alan was with me. And so we flew into Nicaragua with a, I think there were six or eight of us and we were going to do like a week of, of meetings in Manila and then we were going to go surfing for a week. So our, our surfboards did not arrive with our luggage. So, you know, I mean, that was a major thing for us. You might not have thought much about it, but that was a major deal for us, you know. So I commissioned Alan. I said, Alan, you go to that airport and don't you come back without those surfboards. So he went. And he went all over that airport like at 8 o'clock at night. No, 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 no. So he was frustrated. He's walking out the door. And he's praying. He said, now, Lord, I can't go back without those surfboards. And the Lord spoke and said this to him. He said, your problem is you've let all of the no's convince you that there is no yes. He said, I'm walking out the door. He said, I turned around and walked back in. He said, when I turned around and walked back in, I walked by a little stand, and in that stand, was a, it was an Avis car rental place, and there was a guy standing there, and he said, hey, spoke to him in English. He said, hey, aren't you trying to get some surfboards or something? He said, yeah. He said, you're talking to all the wrong people. Come with me. And he took him to one person, told the person the situation. The person said, well, they're right over here in a warehouse. Come with me. Took him over there. And, got, and then when he came back, he told the testimony. He said, everything was no, 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 no. But God said, all you need is one yes. You can get a thousand no's, but when you get one yes, it's all over. How many going to get you yes? Hallelujah. Father, thank you so much for today. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Thank you for that what you're preparing us for, we do believe. We do believe we're in the last days. We do believe you're positioning and preparing us for mighty outpourings of the Holy Ghost. We do believe that no matter what the devil tries to do in this world system, we are protected. 
We claim Psalms 91. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. The angels of God have charge over us. So whether we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, or whatever ever type of labor we're involved in, the righteous labor of our hands, we declare we are protected. No accidents, no trauma. We push back against these crazy sicknesses and diseases, and we declare our health and healing in the midst of it, in Jesus' name. So Father, we thank you that as we live out this week, we're a blessing to people, a problem to the devil, a miracle in someone's life that we are the manifested sons and daughters of God living on the earth in this dispensation. Help us, Father, to be the light you've called us to be. Lord, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave today walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Lord. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.